0: Welcome to the In the News Show. My name is Judy Desigatis and I'm here with my co-host, Father Bill Weary. How are you, Father Bill? Very good, Judy, and yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Hello to all of our listeners. Thank you to David Hillowitz for our theme music and to Joe Nabostinsky, who is our technician today. So let's get started. I have a couple of really good positive things that I'd like to offer. Very excited to hear that a major U.S. airport has gained a 24-7 Eustor- Eucharistic chapel. This is according to the Catholic News Agency. Archbishop Gregory Hartmeyer of Atlanta has dedicated and blessed his archdiocese's newest chapel. And he did this while he was on his, Way to catch a flight, so airline workers and any travelers that are going through the busiest airport in the world in Atlanta can now spend time in the real presence of Christ, thanks to the efforts of both the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta Airport chaplains and the cooperation of the Archdiocese of Atlanta. This is a very nice thing. It's nice to see that this is something that's going to be available to Catholics not only while they're traveling, which can cause a lot of anxiety. We like to make sure that uh, ask the Lord to be with us when we're traveling. It's a reminder that He is in control and to have these chapels going up in airports during a time when Catholicism is under attack, religion is under attack in general. This is very exciting to hear and, so, and some good news about this chapel. I have benefited from meditation rooms. Mm-hmm. It's usually what it is in airports and
1: also in hospitals. And, yes. But this is the first time I've heard about the Blessed Sacrament. Being in in one of these space worship spaces or meditation spaces, I think that's I think that's fabulous. I have heard of uh, masses being celebrated in airports as well, with uh, chaplains being assigned. And I can't remember the details, but some time ago, I do remember that. And I don't know if that was connected with a, a standing chapel or not. But yes, this is a step in the right direction, and I would certainly want to take advantage of that if I were a Catholic traveling through that airport. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's very exciting because they they also have uh, three uh, other Catholic chaplains who are deacons to offer communion services if a priest is not available to say a mass. So Uh, masses are being offered and also communion services. And that can be nice, too, if someone is a little bit short on their layover time, that they can just uh, come in. And if the service is going on, they can receive the Eucharist before they can uh, be taking their trip. So this is a very good positive, and especially in Atlanta, which is uh, one of the biggest airports, as mentioned in the article. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, kind of along the the same line a little bit about mass, uh, I saw this in the National Catholic Register. And when I first saw it, I thought, boy, this is going to be an interesting article. Um, It says why I had a mass offered for Janis Joplin. Now we know Janis Joplin is a 1960s singer, and she she passed at a very young age. Um, But it's basically saying that mass offerings and other suffrages for the poor souls are one way of showing thanks to all the artists and writers and historians historical figures who have delighted and affected us over the decades. At least the author was saying that, um, the author of the article. And I thought that was a kind of a nice way to even lead into Lent. Uh, I'm part of a program with the U.S. Grace Force that some people out there might be familiar with, Father Rick Heilman. He he lives out and then works out of the Midwest. He has a parish out there. And he's very focused on praying for the poor souls, uh, praying for people's conversions. And we're involved in a program right now where we are really focused on that. We're taking one person a day uh, and offering a holy soul and attaching a saint that already canonized saint to that soul. So we're we're forming an alliance, a holy alliance of saints for that soul. And then we're also playing praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet for a soul, a living soul in conversion, and uh, Padre Pio's Sacred Heart Novena. Or someone in need, a living person in need that might be ill or, or going through some difficult times. So I really liked uh, the idea of this article that this man had, that he's having masses offered for people that have entertained him over the years. And it doesn't have to be that the person was even a believer, but to pray for their soul. And, you know, we can all think of people and historical figures that probably could use some prayers, and not just the ones that, that are near and dear to our hearts. But I thought this was interesting because... Um, Certainly, I can think of some entertainers or some recording artists or movie stars that I've included in this prayer effort that we're doing with Father Heilman, uh, similar to what this man, this man is doing about offering Masses for, for people that brought him entertainment. And um, so, I, you know, again, that d- person doesn't have to be Catholic or religious at all. And it really doesn't matter. It's just a matter of, a, he says, grace is grace is grace and Jonas Joplin or any other entertainer could benefit from a healthy dose like anybody else on the path to heaven. So something to think about if people are looking out there to, to do something as we come upon uh, Lent.
1: I just celebrated Mass today, for, believe it or not, for Marilyn Manson. Wow! Th- that, yeah, well, a parishioner wanted Mass said for Marilyn Manson, and the same parishioner had mass said some time ago in my, in my parish for Michael Jackson. Wow! It raised, you know, at um, the stat, you know, the secretary brought it to me with raised eyebrows, and I said, "Well, she wondered, is this appropriate?" And he's he's in trouble, Marilyn Manson. He's a rock singer, pop star. Right. I'm not familiar. I'm not really familiar with his music, but um, he's got he's got um, charges against him now. Uh, I believe a rape and sexual harassment. So, uh, you know, it it was a little bit questionable, but I said go ahead with it. And and it, you know, they're human beings. These um celebrities uh, need prayers. They need grace. It does become a little bit uh questionable if it's a, you know, well-known a person of nefarious reputation and you wonder if it's going to give scandal to the uh to the faithful or, you know, masses being said for megalomaniacs or or um you know, people, you know, uh, leaders of state who have done horrible things in the past, um, but we haven't quite uh, gotten there yet. Uh, we're getting close to it with with these uh, intentions, but uh, but uh, does certainly raise the awareness that uh, we're all, we're sinners, uh, some more than others. Uh, but uh, the prayers are are called for. We are to are in this past weekend's gospel. We are to pray for our enemies. So it's, uh, it certainly does raise thought.
0: I think that's wonderful that that parishioner took that next step, um, because I'm sure these intentions and all are printed in the bulletin so and, and announced, of course, so people are, are well aware of it that they're happening. Um, I, I think I'm doing it more from a from a silent way. But I, I appreciate that that parishioner took the, the next step and say, you know what, it doesn't matter who you are. And if there's stuff going on in someone's life, whether they're living or deceased, to, you know, to offer a, a mass for them, or someone who, just in general, people that have fallen away, or, you know, a great intention I love, I love to use uh, is p- uh, pray for someone or light a candle for someone that has no one to pray for them. That could cover a multitude of people. So,, uh, so good things to think about as we begin uh, the Lenten season in a couple of days. Um, but you touched upon something, Father, you know, talking about uh, persecution and praying for for difficult people, or, like you said, nefarious. Um, we want to touch a little bit upon, and we talked about this about before, uh, the vandalism that's been going on in a lot of the Catholic churches. I know this was something that Raymond Arroyo covered on his show a few weeks ago. Father, do you want to enlighten us a little bit more about uh, your knowledge of, of what's been going on?
1: Well, on uh, January 24th, Fox and Friends, Raymond Arroyo was the guest, and he spoke about the recent spate of vandalism of uh, United States Catholic churches and uh, nearly 300 Catholic churches have been vandalized since May of 2020 and with over 40% of those attacks coming after the uh, Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Jackson Women's Health Organization and uh, so uh, that uh, is cause for great concern and also there is not included here but uh, we we could talk about the aggression against pro-life pregnancy centers uh, mm-hmm. that are uh, that are also happening and then uh, connecting that with the uh, we're wondering about the murder of uh, david o'connell bishop david o'connell auxiliary bishop of los angeles a couple of days ago yes and it's still under investigation uh, it's being uh, treated as a homicide but uh, to my knowledge there are no arrests made at this point and we don't know what the motive was if it was ideological or political and um, he was known as a peacemaker isn't that ironic um, and um, he was uh, very much in favor of social justice causes and uh, very had a heart for the uh, immigrants and uh, that was uh, and for the homeless. So um, along with the, the, the vandalism, uh, I think we're in the crosshairs as Catholics. A lot of our, our, our properties are, as we speak up for the truth, and we're, we may have to expect more and more of this as time goes on.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, this is definitely something that we have to keep in our prayers. And in fact, I saw something in the news this weekend, uh, now that you mentioned about the vandalism, that there was a Catholic church in Philadelphia, in northeast Philadelphia, that they found a pipe bomb behind the, the Catholic Church. And, and yeah. so um, we anticipate that as the persecution continues that there may be more of these and, you know, to be on the alert and to be vigilant um, uh, when we're at church or, you know, walking around churches because it so- sounds like something that unfortunately may continue and, we you know, very unexpected. We, we just don't know. And we'll have to also uh, pray for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles for that huge loss and for the family of uh, Bishop O'Connell. Yeah, so we'll continue absolutely. to do that. Um, what, uh, regarding to the political a little bit, um, we talked about Josh Hawley. He is a um, Missouri Republican in, in Congress, and he recently was supportive of a lot of family values. He's recent, recently introduced a bill to ensure that minors who undergo genital chemi- and chemical mutilation procedures can also sue those who are responsible um after they have these surgeries if there is some uh problems physical mental he's introducing the i didn't get the name of that protecting our kids from child abuse act that declares the physicians in the clinics and the hospitals and educational institutions that are involved in these transitions shall be liable in accordance with this uh, to any individual who suffers bodily injury or harm to mental health including any physical psychological emotional or physiological harm
1: yes This man is very courageous um, to be speaking out on this, and he will also receive much persecution for this, I'm sure. And you and I covered uh, some time ago in um, late last year that uh, on December 20th, he talked with Tucker Carlson um, about um, a speech that he had given that Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri uh, senator, had given uh, about the porn industry. And... uh, and uh, that uh, young men especially have to stop doing this, stop looking at pornography and step up and be good husbands and fathers. So it's certainly compatible with what uh, you you brought up. And uh, Holly is one of the few uh, that are really speaking out on moral life that see the political and governmental life connected with morality as well. And we need to hear more of
0: that. Right. Um, We're going to go to break now. Um, So please stay with us. You're listening to 720 WHYF Holy Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to In the News Show. Um, Before we went to the break, we were talking about Senator Josh Hawley in a positive light and some legislation that he has um, put put forth to Congress. Uh, Now on the other side, we have a South Dakota Democrat, uh, Representative Erin Healy. She's, um, like I said, from South Dakota. She's stating that wanting kids to have a mom and a dad is, quote unquote, dangerous and un-American. That's disturbing, isn't it? Um, she she qu- yeah. tweeted that the extremist group, which is. Probably not extremists, but she's saying extremist group Family Heritage Alliance said this morning that the safest place for kids are in families that have a married mom and a dad. And she uh, she's saying what a dangerous and un-American belief. Apparently in reaction to comments against an unsuccessful bill in-, in South Dakota to remove sex-specific language from South Dakota's legal definition of marriage. So she's attacking the family, saying it's dangerous and un-American. And then we got Josh Hawley saying it's very. American to have a mom and a dad and how important it is for family. So uh, this is the other side of the coin. And this is, you know, disturbing to, to uh, hear about this with Family Heritage Alliance is a, a group dedicated to pro-life, pro-faith and pro fa- pro-family policies. Um, so, uh, you know, Father, how do, how do we deal with this? We got like two sides of the coin. You know, it's so it's so difficult. You hear this and you hear something else and we're, we're trying to have hope.
1: Well, of course, our objections to um, homosexual marriage and homosexual activity, our, one of our main objections is that children benefit from a mother and a father, right. from the male and the female, and that's the healthiest, uh, that is the healthiest context that we should be aiming for, before, uh, for a child to be raised. Now, sometimes nature intervenes, and, and you'll have a, a single-parent f- family, either d- divorce or death. My father died when I was 10 and a half. My mother never remarried, so I was, you know, in a, a single-parent Home, and I think you know I turned out pretty well. I mean, yes. I'm a priest. I'm not perfect, but the thing is, that's the that's the healthiest conveyance of, of warmth and life for the child is the is the man and the woman, the male and the female. They they bring specific gifts to the table. God made them in the Book of Genesis, male and female, for that reason. And uh, that should not be attacked, but we should be enhancing. We should be enhancing that uh, mother and father, male and and female family model, which is that of God and the cornerstone of civilization.
0: Right. And not only biologically, but mothers and fathers bring different characteristics to a family um the fathers being the the hunters and and going out and working very hard not that mothers don't work i'm not saying that um but just the the female tend to be more nurturing and so you need that combination when you're raising a family when you're raising children is and you know that's not only biologically uh fitting but also uh, spiritually and, and why god put us male and female together and, and having families. So, um, again, you know, something to why, why it is the way it is, and thank you, Father, for explaining that. And then uh, we'll move I on. Think that, um,
1: I think that uh, so much of what we say here, you and you and me, would be, would be tagged as sexist. Um, but I think we have to stand up to it anyway and say there are different. Vive les différence, say the French. Right. Live the difference between celebrating the difference between men and women, and they are uh, they are very, you know, we are different. And in our gifts and our charisms and our, um, what, as you said, what we bring to the table, and um, and that has to be celebrated and adhered to and protected. Right, right.
0: And and I appreciate that you use that word sexist too, because I, I mean, the other thing is too right now is we're struggling to even define male and female the the actual definitions of male and female man and woman are even changing so yep. so that makes it even you know it, it more i guess uh, offensive to to some people but uh moving on we we do have uh the german bishops are in the news again uh life site news has claimed the german bishop claims that the new testament paves the way for female quote-unquote ordination now i just that's simply not true because it doesn't say that <laughs> you how all of the uh, apostles were were men. Um, right. Can you speak a little bit to this about why um, they may be saying that and why it's not true? I
1: think they're probably zeroing in on deaconesses mm-hmm. in the New Testament, and there are references uh, to uh, deaconesses in Paul's letters. We don't really know what they were. Uh, that's, a, that's a foot in the door for those who are pro Ordination of women. Uh, there's no evidence of, uh, you know, women bishops in the New Testament. There were bishops, of course, from mm-hmm. the very beginning, but no evidence of women bishops or women presbyters. That's basically to be oversimplifying. Uh, that's the uh, the priesthood, um, and uh, but probably the, the the deaconesses, and that's going to be the first attempt. So far, it's been resisted in the in the church, uh, but the, in the synod on synodality and other platforms or pushing for the ordination of women deacons. As I said, it's it's debated as to as to if they were really holy uh, holy orders, or if they were a type of a nun
0: mm-hmm.
1: or an assistant to uh, to the deacons. And so, um, I I hope the I, I I don't think there could there could ever be women deacons. I don't believe so because it's the sacrament of holy orders which pertains to men, priest, deacon, and bishop. Or starting from the bottom, deacon, priest, and bishop. Uh, are all of the sacrament of, of holy orders a character sacrament, and it's not admissible to women. And the reason is, well, first of all, Christ just chose twelve male apostles, and I think the reason is it's it's that uh, characteristic of uh, men and women and what we what we hold and and, and what we convey in the, in the distinction of the sexes that I think Christ wanted a. a strong fatherhood image in church leadership. And uh, you can't have a female father. So that's what I tell people kind of a shorthand answer. Why can't women be priests? Mm -hmm. I say because they're fathers. And, you know, again, it's vulnerable to the accusation of sexism. However, um, women are are nurturers and the men are the warriors, so to speak, the leaders, spiritual warriors in in this case. Yes, women can be that also, but Christ really wanted father figures to, to lead the church. I know, very difficult area. Very, we're, we're very vulnerable to criticism here. We seem very much uh, out of step, as you know. Uh, all the other denominations just about have gone with women clergy, uh, Episcopalian church as well, women bishops, Mm-hmm. Wearing miters and carrying croziers. and uh, but um, yeah, it's a modernization. Why would they? Why would they move in this direction? Um, it's a modernization, being in step with the times, and it's uh, generally uh, a mistake. The Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, would stand with us. Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, uh, they're, they're not, they're very, they're the closest to us among the denominations, and they're not going to go in that direction either, I'm sure.
0: Um, I also saw another article from a LifeSite News, and this is something. Thing that I guess we could tie back to what we talked about earlier in the show with the, the vandalism and things that are going on, but now the USCCB, uh, the title of this is the USCCB condemns quote-unquote extremism while the, saying the FBI memo targeting Catholics is troubling and offensive. And I've seen this not just um, in this particular article, but it's also been a lot around the news that uh, not only are the church buildings and, and people in them becoming targets, but now we're being called extremists or radical Catholics or radicalism. Um, How do we... we... um, I think they're claiming
1: uh, racism um, uh, within the Latin mass groups. That's astounding to me. I don't know where they they get that at all. Um, So I, I think I'm so glad the USCCB has stood up to this and has denounced it uh, certainly we, we denounce racism or, or anybody who promotes violence um, but um, I don't hear the evidence that that's true among the Latin mass groups so I really don't know where they're coming from and I'm dismayed by this
0: yeah we've definitely have had some people um, like recently mark how um, Catholics that are arrested for um, standing up to their faith and that was at an abortion clinic but I, I anticipate that there's like you've talked about before that white martyrdom of, of persecution um, and you know that's and our listeners know like, that's not what we're about. Um, but we are, you know, traditionalists, and we stand up for the magisterium and, and our belief in Christ. So but it's being, um, I guess, uh, kind of turned around and misinterpreted as, like you said, why, why would they be targeting the Latin mass goers as people that are extremism, uh, you know, that foster extremism, it's, it's, that's kind of disturbing. So we're going to have to see what, you know, what happens with that. But as you said, it's good that the USCCB has been um, speaking up, uh, uh, you know, in support. Of uh, of uh, of the uh, Latin Mass and. Um you know, fighting against this extremism label. I also have an article here um, from LifeSite News while we're we're talking about different groups. Um, uh, We've never talked about this on the show before, um, but just briefly, we've got about two minutes to go, is that Freemasons have now appealed to the Pope for support um, after a bishop repeats the church's condemnation. So Archbishop Bruno Forte reissued the Vatican's 1983 condemnation of Freemasonry, um, which prompted local Masons to appeal to the Pope. I don't know where this is gonna go, but um I've I've always learned and uh we, we can chat a little bit about it and maybe save it for another show as well, that um you can't be a Freemason and a Catholic Yeah, that nineteen eighty
1: three memo that was written by uh, a statement by the, the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith against Freemasons was written by Ratzinger. It raised it did, did raise some eyebrows. And I think we're surprised by it here in the United States because it seems so uh, masonry seems so benign, right? You know, shriners, hospitals, and um, I know uh, one priest who's an exorcist um, insists that they're they're demonic. Uh, the masons. I said, really? I mean, they run children's hospitals. He said, Yeah, I know. He said, but that's what they want you to think. But uh, and then he then he said uh, then the higher echelons, the higher levels of leadership that it. Um, it, it's demonic. Um, and
0: it, as I
1: said, in, in this country, they, you know, they seem so uh, so nice, uh, but there has been a history in the past of vicious uh, anti-Catholic thought and action uh, among the Masons. Right. Uh, the, the children of Fatima, they were very much persecuted by the town elders of uh, Fatima, and those were, they, those were Masons. Um, also, much of the persecution in Mexico that took place, the Cristero fight, where the Mexican government in the, um, what was it, 1920s or 30s, shut down the churches. And, and the Cristeros, of course, rose up. The Catholics uh, sometimes well, taking up arms. A great movie made about, about that. Yeah. And uh, that, a lot of that persecution was driven by, by Masonism masonry right and uh, so um, it's probably a good idea to, to avoid in being in, in the Masons the uh, theology if you could call it that is a kind of a deism it's a uh, I don't want to say new age but it's something like an early version of the new age of a general view of God as the grand architect, the great architect of the universe um, which is not really square with you know with our theology. So it'll be interesting to see, yes, where this, where this does go. Well,
0: we ha- that's about it for today, Father. If you would leave us with a prayer, we'd appreciate that, please. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in this season of, of Lent, may the power of your Holy Spirit be with us. May we pray, uh, give alms
1: fast according to your grace, releasing your love to the world through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you, Father.